Open your Bibles, please, to Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah is the fourth little epistle, a prophecy from the end of your Old Testament. If you count back four, you'll find Zephaniah. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. What a day to be in the wonderful house of the Lord. What a day to be in the house of the wonderful God that we worship. The time in the back room this morning was wonderful. I thank Bryant and for all those that participated. Praise His glorious name. Zephaniah. Zephaniah was a prophet that warned Judah and Jerusalem of the coming judgment upon them by the Babylonians. If you look at chapter 1, it doesn't take very long for this prophet to get down to business. Look at verse 2. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. You can go to chapter 2, and you can read there. Verse 2, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Come over to chapter 3, verse 1. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city! Exclamation point. Zephaniah and these three chapters are to warn Judah and Jerusalem, the two remaining tribes of Israel, because the other ten had already been dispersed throughout the earth, of God's judgment upon them by the Babylonians. But at the end of this short, minor prophet, we have some of the most comforting words in the Bible about God coming back to regather those scattered Jews from Babylon by overthrowing Babylon and bringing the Persians in. And remember, that first king of the Persians, along with Darius the Mede, was Cyrus the Persian, God's servant, God's hand-picked man, to be the shepherd of Israel. And he sent them back to Jerusalem. So they were regathered and were able to rebuild the city, rebuild the temple, and renew the worship of God from God's chosen city on earth. I'm going to read to you the last seven verses of this minor prophet. So follow with me, Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice. With all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The King of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out, 
And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. Amen Amen and amen. Very briefly, looking at these seven verses, you can see an exhortation to the nation in verse 14. In verse 15, the reason why the Lord's taken away their 70 years of judgment and captivity in Babylon. He's cast out the enemy, being the Babylonians, and replaced them with the Persians, who were very considerate of the Jews. Think Esther. The king of Israel, the Lord, was among them, and they wouldn't see any more evil in this particular chapter of the history of the church of God of the Old Testament. Verse 16, there's going to be a declaration made that those in Jerusalem should not fear, and their hands shouldn't be slack, because they should get to work in spite of Sanballat, Tobiah, and other opponents, and rebuild that city and temple. Then the Lord says in verse 17, His Spirit toward them. And these are some unique words in the Bible of how God can speak of His love and affection and joy over His people. Then verse 18, He says what He's going to do. I'm going to gather them that are sorrowful. There were solemn assemblies being held in Babylon in order for God to hear their prayers and restore them to Jerusalem. And there were sorrowful men and women that went to those assemblies that were truly the children of God. That's why it says, who are of thee. They are true Israelites, like Nathaniel was in John chapter 2. I will gather them. And those that had a reproach of it being such a burden, it was a burden to them to have the city of Jerusalem being reproached by the pagan nations of the earth. These are the explan- this is the explanation very quickly for these verses I have preached through this minor prophet verse by verse before. Now verses 19 and 20 are doubled to us to convey the message very strongly. Behold, at that time, God has a set time frame for everything. There's a set time frame for America. There's a set time frame for your life, for His church of either testament. At that time, when it's the 70 years are fulfilled, on that day they came out of Babylon. Because he raised up Cyrus the Persian at a very precise time to fulfill his will. At that time, I will undo all that afflict thee, will save her that halteth, the weak Jews, and gather her that was driven out, you know, out of her own homeland, out of her own houses, and taken away 500 miles to Babylon. I will get them praise and fame in every nation where they have been put to shame. And the whole world marveled at Cyrus the Persian giving the Jews such liberty to go back and reestablish their nation, rebuild their capital, fortify it with a wall, and build the temple of Jehovah in it. Because Cyrus said, the Lord God of heaven hath called me to do this. And so he did it. And so that is stated, it's a glorious sentence to end the minor prophet, but then verse 20 repeats it in very similar words. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you out of Babylon to come back, for I will make you a name and a praise when I turn back your captivity. And the book ends with the words that we should always remember, saith the Lord. Amen. 
And the Lord is in all capital letters in a King James Bible to remind you that it is the holy name of God. I am that I am. And this is how the Jewish scribes recorded that name for us. Now, that, that was the context. Look at that verse 14. This is what Israel was supposed to do. These poor Jews that had been captive for 70 years were going to come home to a pile of rubble. But the Lord was with them. And He was going to make them of fame instead of shame. And so He tells them, sing, shout, be glad, and rejoice. And how much so? In verse 14. With all the heart. With all the heart. Don't let your heart be anywhere else this morning. With all your heart, let's sing, shout, be glad, and rejoice. His promise of what He would be like among them is in verse 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Amen, Lord. We believe that. There is nothing too hard for thee. There is no enemy that can stand against thee. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. That is too much to hardly comprehend that God rejoices over us with joy. He is angry with the wicked every day. Psalm 7, 11. But He rejoices over us with joy. He will rest in His love. It is so contenting to Him to love His people, and to have them as the objects of His favor and blessing. He will joy over thee with singing. If the Lord's singing, and the Lord's joyful, and the Lord's rejoicing, and the Lord's resting in His love over us, come on, what should we be doing back toward Him? We truly should be singing and rejoicing and resting in love toward Him. What a verse. This is hard to understand when it starts out with those words, The Lord, Jehovah, thy God, sings, rejoices, and is happy about His church. That's the truth of the Bible. That's what we believe. Now, they were supposed to sing and shout and be glad and rejoice. And What did He really do for them? took them out of a prison in Babylon and brought them back to a a mound, a pile of rubble in Jerusalem. They were still under the old covenant, and the old covenant, according to the word of God itself, was a beggarly, sensual, elementary, rudimentary, carnal piece of junk that needed to be thrown away in time to be replaced with the covenant that we have. Amen. The best king and leader that they were going to have at this time was going to be Zerubbabel. And then it would be, there would be Nehemiah. And who do we have? The son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. They were delivered from Babylon. We were delivered from death, hell, the grave, and sin, and eternal condemnation. We live in America. How comfortable was your mound of rubble last night. Was the HVAC working in your mound of rubble? Did you have any toys that you could pour a little fuel in and blast around on a lake or somewhere else? I see a Harley sitting out here this morning. Some brother got here in a fun way. 
We are so blessed by every measure. No one has ever had the combination. If they were supposed to sing, shout, be glad, and rejoice, how much more are you and me today? Spiritual blessings, unlimited. Spiritual knowledge and understanding, far exceeding even Zephaniah. Zephaniah did not have a clue about what we have in detail. We are so blessed. Let us not offend the Lord our God today. By, by being less thankful than they were, we should be so much more thankful. And Lord, help us to that end. We had a prayer in the back room that though we're not Pentecostals, we should act like them. To a point. Lord, help us to that end. We should be happier than any. And if we are not, it's offensive. He, in kindness, sent Zephaniah to Judah. In kindness, he has brought us to this Sunday with this reminder that we should be thankful and praise him and sing and shout and rejoice. By his kindness, he has not forsaken us so that we are in some rut and we are not excited about worshiping God. He has done all that he should do for us. Let's do all that we should for him. Let us pray. Almighty God, Lord of heaven and earth, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, for the wonderful display of Your power in regathering Your people in the appointed time after 70 years to bring them back to Jerusalem and your exhortation for them to sing and to shout and to be glad and to rejoice was most fitting and proper. You were going to gather the weak. You were going to gather the sorrowful. You were going to bring them together and make them of fame in nations where they had been ashamed. Ashamed because of their sins. Of fame because of your power. And we thank Thee for how You raised up Cyrus the Persian and You named him to Isaiah the prophet 150 years before he was born. We thank Thee for the precious Word of God. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that when the 70 years ended, the 70 weeks of years began that led to our Redeemer. We put Cyrus in the shade of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank Thee for our Savior. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that He has delivered us not from Babylon, though that is true as well. He has delivered us from mystical Babylon, the Roman Catholic Church, and delivered us to the truth of the Gospel. But we thank Thee most of all that our Savior, our Lord, our King, has delivered us from hell and condemnation from sin and from death and from the grave, so that we may rejoice and mock both the grave and death. O death, where is thy sting? Because we are victors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we see your exhortation to the church under the Old Testament. We have been blessed with so much more. How much more do we owe thee? We think of those warnings in the book of Hebrews, Heavenly Father. 
where you said, if they died without mercy under two or three witnesses under the old covenant, how much more are we worthy to receive in punishment who reject and turn from Him who saved us in the new covenant? Bless us today, Heavenly Father. Grant us a great measure of Thy Spirit. Hear every precious word that was prayed in the back room this morning. And now these words, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us your presence, to grant us your power, to grant us your praise, and to be with our praying. Help us, Lord God. We thank thee for this church. We thank thee for this assembly. We thank thee for the new Jerusalem, which is above and is the mother of us all. We thank Thee for being in close union with the spirits of just men made perfect and an innumerable company of angels that are assembled in heaven, the general assembly. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for our nation. And we pray that You will preserve it from those anarchists and brute beasts who rise up against the ministers of God sent for our good. We pray for those ministers, our policemen, our law enforcement officers this day that you would protect them, that you would give them might, that you would give them wisdom, and let them put their feet on the necks of those that rise up against them. Preserve our nation for the sake of our children and our children's children. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for America. We pray that You will preserve it. We pray for our brethren scattered abroad, some in assemblies this day, some with ministers to serve them, O Lord, bless those men that the word of the Lord might have free course and be glorified. Bless their hearers to humble themselves before the word of God and to receive it with joyful hearts, to search the scriptures to see if these things are so, and then to obey. Heavenly Father, for those that are scattered without a congregation, and there are many of them, be with them this day. Be their shepherd. Send Thy Spirit into their hearts and bless and keep them. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins. We know that You sent Israel into Babylon for her sins. We know that You could take Your candlestick away from us if we lose our first love of Thee, if we are lukewarm toward Thee, if we have unconfessed sin between thee and us. Forgive us, cleanse us, wash us, make us pure and clean by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and your own faithfulness and justness. We thank thee for every good thing that we enjoy. We have to laugh, O Lord. You've poured so much stuff upon us. We have toys innumerable. Our biggest decisions in life are from all the alternatives and options we have for eating, for living, for transportation, for any part of our lives. We can do anything professionally. We have the greatest freedom. We have the greatest luxury. We have the greatest protection. We have the greatest peace that any people have ever had. We thank Thee for every one of these things. You have given us so much more than our daily bread, and we bless Thee. O Lord, most of all, we thank Thee again for the gift of Thy Son and for adopting us to be Your children. We praise Your glorious name.
We don't fully understand it. We can't fully explain it. It's the unspeakable gift. It's the unsearchable riches of your grace. But we bless and praise thee. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now be with us. We want to give you our best. You lift us up. You strengthen our spirits. And we'll pour it out to thee. In Jesus' name, amen.